I don't really care what someone's personality is. I, I want to know if they're going to do something. So Colby shows how your brain takes action, action. So I'm activator one and strength finder. So that segues into the, the other, other couple that I like are, uh, Gallup G A L L U P or Clifton strength finders. Almost everyone I talk to, there's 34 of them. Uh, almost everyone I talk to top five, they, they're, either top five in ideation and or futuristic. I'm guessing you're top five in at least one of those, if not both. So they're idea, 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 idea. I'm off in future, whatever. And then they have uh, at least one of the three as well, activator, maximizer, achiever. So they're off in wherever that world is, but they'll do something about it now. I'm 32 out of 34 in ideation, almost dead last. And then, but top Top five are activator, maximizer, achiever, competition, responsibility. So I hear blah, 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 blah. And then activate, maximize, achieve. Go, 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 go. Never stop going. Hello and welcome to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dean Watt, and I'm your guide to exceptional leadership and dynamic culture in your business. Join me each week as we explore practical tips through fun and fascinating interviews with successful business owners who've mastered the art of leadership. Over the last 20 years as a keynote speaker, author, and high-performing team transformation specialist, I've been fascinated by what it takes to create a great culture and dedicated team members in a business. When leaders truly own their roles and empower their team members to do the same, a great culture is always the result. So whether you're on your couch or in your car, on a treadmill or hiking up a hill, get ready to be inspired and entertained as you learn exactly how to own your role. And welcome to the On Your Roll podcast. My name is Dina Watt. I'm super excited today to have our special guest here. I got to meet Justin just a, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And the very first thing he popped into was talking to me about my Colby score, which is honestly the first time anybody's ever done that. <laughs> and we talked an entire hour about Colby scores and connections. And he's just so brilliant about all this. I was really glad to have him as a guest on our show. So if you are looking to follow someone who's going to help you improve and give yourself, I'll, I'll plug it here, an epic life, uh, reach out to Justin Breen, look him up on the internet, look him up on uh, Amazon, and we'll be talking more about ways to connect with him. But for now, don't remember that Own Your Role is all about igniting your purpose to magnify your passion. So welcome to the show, Justin. Well, I think you have the right last name, Watt, you know, electricity, energy, you're, you're all electricity, energy. And then I see the world in numbers. I see people as numbers and their Colby score and, and it helps me connect them and create electricity and energy. What did, what did you do before you knew about Colby? How did you say? It's a tremendous question. So people like us are usually aliens within their own family, community, and vertical. The only people that understand us are top entrepreneurs on planet. And so I was always this person. Um, and then most people looked at me like it, they like I was an alien because I because I am. When I was an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist, uh, which I did not know until starting first company uh, six years ago with zero business background, but. When I was an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist, I would actively seek out people who understood what I was talking about and then writing about them. I did not know their Colby's because I didn't know Colby existed, but most of those folks were like you, or they were very high, quick start, little to no follow through. Um, they were just pure visionaries. I just didn't have a, a number to associate them with. 
And so uh, what was the moment? Do you remember when you found Colby and, and yes, I had your aha, like, this is, this is what I need. Well, there's multiple, there are multiple ahas with that. Um, and just as background for those who don't know, um, cause most people don't know what it is. It's not the cheese. It's, you know, it's K O L B E, uh, a index. It takes 20 minutes. I'm, I'm not affiliated with Colby at all. I just think it's the ultimate simplification for understanding who a visionary is. So they're, it's four numbers. Uh, the only one I really care about is quick start. 10 is the highest 10 is the highest, uh, Almost everyone I talk to is at least a seven like me. Most are eight, nine, or tens. And then most of them have little to no follow through. Um, so you're a three, three, nine, three. That's most people I talk to are in that range. Um, and then I'm eight, six, seven, one, which is a unicorn score. I've, I've never met another one. I don't, I don't think I ever will. So that's high quick start, high follow through and high fact finder, um, which really doesn't exist except here I am. And then, um, the one is an implementer, which in this case means using their hands or building anything. I can't, I mean, I don't oh, know how the pencil. Yeah. Ugh. Like don't ask me to hold a pencil or put a bike helmet on or tie shoes. It's just, it goes horribly a puzzle, horribly wrong, horribly wrong, but I can see things in space. That's why I look around during interviews. I could just hear it or see it. But so um, the first aha moment with Colby was when I found out about it. Um, and, uh, one of my mentors who's, uh, his name is Gary Clavin. He's an eight quick start visionary. Uh, um, I met him, uh, after, uh, two years of being an entrepreneur, I was in a, I guess, lower level networking group and no one there understood what I was talking about, but I had lunch. I had lunch with one of those folks and and he's like, well, I, I don't understand what you're talking about, but the owner of my company does. So I, so I'm like, can you introduce him to me? So that person was Gary Clavin. And he's like, oh, take the Colby. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I don't know what it is, but I just do it. And then uh, he saw my score and he he was like, he was genuinely confused because it doesn't really exist. And so that was 2019. Um, and then because I'm a high fact finder and then I see the patterns and things um, through the, since then, I've just found that almost every visionary is a high quick start, low follow through. And I've seen the same pattern over and over and over and over and over and over. And in six years as an entrepreneur, six with zero business background, now run two global companies that only partner with visionaries. So not business owners, not humans, that did none of that. Um, we've partnered with two folks in six plus years that are less than a seven quick start that I know of. So, I, I mean, that's a multiple aha. Well, yeah, because they don't, they overthink everything and yeah. don't take action. So it's a pointless conversation and they're not a visionary either. So yeah. Yeah. just simplifies everything for me. Which is interesting because one of the very first steps that I talk about always when it comes to owning your role, when it comes to being a great mm-hmm. star is you got to have a vision. Like who wants to follow anybody without vision? Bad idea. Yes, this is making sense at all. Before we get into that, I, I do want to go back and let's talk about where you did come from as an alien. You came from this uh, world of writing, and yeah, was it? Were you a editor? What What did you mm. do? Give us your background. Where did you get started in this whole space? 
Yeah. So um, thank you for that question. I would. I was this person before I was born. From a tactical standpoint, I, I've done every journalism job that you could ever imagine. Editor, sports editor, sports reporter, assistant managing editor, photo editor, executive editor, um, uh, senior editor who wrote features on people connecting and changing the world. I mean- You did obits? I have done. Well, so I wrote a lot about people who had died and then the family members who had lived on from them. So not technically obits, but yes. And so I was I was this person before I was born. So what does that mean? My, my dad was, when I was born, my dad was 61, 61, and my mom was 27. And I was just born, I mean, I was born with a story. So my dad was born in 1916. Uh, he'd be 107 now. Uh, he was a World War II hero, shot down multiple times in combat, many times without a parachute, and just got back into a plane. So that's my that's my litmus test for a visionary. Visionaries can do that. Non-visionaries cannot. They can't do that. That's why they're not. So your dad was very much a visionary. Oh, oh well, I'll explain. Okay. I'll explain. Um, he was a visionary before visionaries existed. So he he came from nothing. I obviously never got his Colby score. He died when I was 13, but um, he became attorney in Nazi uh, war crime Nuremberg trials, president of insurance company, uh, came from nothing. And then uh, chapter one of Epic Life is uh, the cream rises to the top. So every day when he was alive uh, until I was 13, he would say the cream rises to the top. So we partner with the cream that rises to the top, which is a visionary or someone who will do whatever it takes to rise to the top. Also a vision. After he died, I found a diary of him uh, fighting in battle of Hurricane Forest toward the end of World War II. One of the worst. If you've ever seen the movie Fury, the Brad Pitt tank movie, it was that graphic and horrific. Wow. Um, every day gets worse and worse. Uh, every now and then I'll, I'll go and read it just to find some more clues. But uh, there are excerpts of the diary in, in Epic Life in Chapter 1. And I, I write exactly like he does, just like boom, ba-boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, result, result, inform and entertain. So that's my dad. And then when he was in his late 50s, a drunk driver, drunk driver hit him across the median of the highway, hit him head on, drunk driver killed. My dad uh, broke every bone and body, survived. He, he woke up, thought he was dead. He woke up uh, and then my mom was uh, standing over him. He thought he was dead and she was an angel, but it was my mom. So she was 27, 27 when I was born. She's still alive. And then my mom has more hustle and drive than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. So, and all I do is talk to the people that have the most hustle and most drive. So I, how did that impact you in that? Like you're 13, you were just in that place of plane shot down without a parachute. You get back into the plane. Yeah. Right. Like you learned that from your dad as an example that he showed you that. What I I mean, yeah, I don't understand it. The, uh, thank you for, I, again, that's a great question. So, we're in the Chicago area and this really nice local magazine uh, did a really nice cover story on our family. Uh, my wife's a pediatrician, stabilizing human, thank God. Uh, and then our sons are uh, eight and 10. They're both nine quick starts like you. So the cover story was the Breen family, no excuses. So <laughs> we don't, there are no excuses in our, in our family. So how it affected me was obviously it was devastating, but you'd, I think, um, I guess this will help answer. My dad had a heart attack on a Monday, he had a heart attack. He died on a Friday and then 
I was back at school. Uh, the funeral was a Sunday, and then I was back at school on Monday. And then the, wow. the teacher's like, "Just moved on." I'm like, "Well, what do you what do you want next me to thing. do?" Yeah, go next. I mean, oh, are you are you the only child, by the way? No, um, my dad was six. So, uh, my dad was sixty two when my middle brother was born, sixty four when youngest brother and uh, my youngest brother uh, died of drug overdose. I have almost genius IQ. He had pure genius IQ, and he, you know, pure genius IQ is often struggle in life. So, he died when he was twenty nine, and um, you know, that's you know, that's what entrepreneur life is. You figure it out. Um, so I'm actually glad my IQ isn't too much higher than it is because I, I talk to a lot of pure geniuses and they're, and they're so smart that they, they have no human understanding at all. When you talk to people about this type of stuff, about the understanding, the visionary genius, I'll just tell you my experience in our conversations that yeah. one and a half we've had so far is mm-hmm. I recognize things about myself that I knew, but I yeah. didn't actually put words to like, for example, when you were talking about get it done, right? Just, yeah. just, you just do it. You got to do what you got to do. There's a time where we lost almost everything. I invested actually it was a figure it out. Bernie Madoff thing. I didn't know about lost almost oh. everything. Had to oh. knock doors, right? Had knock doors to, to sell alarm systems. But <laughs> I often tell the story that as I was on the doors, I would say to myself, this is not the end of my story. I'll talk about this someday. I will be telling this from the stage someday. Right. Now you I just did. And, and I didn't recognize then the visionary part of that. So when you have conversations, how mm-hmm. often are you surprising people by their own yeah. discovery of tremendous, themselves? tremendous, tremendous, tre- fascinating. Just tremendous. Thank you. So that's why you don't talk to humans because a human's not going to, they can't do anything with this. So, but a visionary can. So here is, I'm going to simplify it as best as I can. One, because you're fascinated Two, because it'll help your audience. Um, and then some of them will fit, be fascinated because some of them are visionaries. So, so most of my days talking to the world's top visionaries, most of them are ADD, ADHD, not all, but it's not a disorder, sign of genius. And then I, I'm hyper-focused. Oh. So I hear blah, 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 ramble, 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 ramble. And then my, and then I simplify it into patterns. Okay. That's how my brain works. So it's like ADD, ADHD meets minor Asperger's, which, you know, not human. You do that thing where, as you were just describing, I'll do that where it's like blah, 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 but something randomly will. I don't believe in random. And I'll go like, oh, that's what you're talking about. Like right. all the other minutia, that that's the thing. Why don't you just narrow it down to that thing? Yeah, just give me the answer. So, and then simplify it. You're a simplifier, which yeah, is most, most great. Entre- okay, great. So I just did what, I just simplified what you said and yeah, you so agreed with it. Okay, so good. Okay, so this is what an entrepreneur actually is. Not a human, not yeah. a consultant, not a business, entrepreneur. And not a silver, I'm not talking about a silver spoon. That's a different, that's a sure. fun. Okay, so these are the four things. These are the four things. Four things. Uh, one, bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Two, depression. Three, highest level of anxiety you can imagine. Four, likely and are possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So humans, business owners, consultants, 99.9% of the world, those are excuses. They get shot down, don't get back into a plane. And then for visionary, whatever, knock on doors, figure it out. Okay. You said this on the last call that we were talking yeah. about, and I told my wife about this, and I remember yeah. telling you, 
the three out of the four for me. Right. me and, and the one that I don't feel like I experience as much as anxiety, but she pointed something out to me. She said, you know, sometimes anxiety doesn't show up in the way that you think it shows up, right? Like anxiety right. can be, uh, I just need to get away from the current circumstance and I'm going to go eat junk food. That's my anxiety, right? Or I'm going to go, you know, what, what have you seen it? How have you seen this show up in different people when it comes to the depression and, and anxiety most specifically? Oh, okay. Yeah, good. I mean, so entrepreneurs, that's the fuel. That's the, that's what they need to, that's the motivation. I mean, that's, it's essential. It's essential to go through. I mean, again, like when I first started, I was still talking to small business owners or humans or consultants. So they were ones and twos out of the four. Now it's, I think I've talked to two people in the last two years, less than three of those four. Yeah. I actually don't believe them. I think they are probably are three, at least three, if not all four, because that's what it, that's what entrepreneur life actually is. And then, cause now, now my six follow through is kicking into your three, cause I want to answer your original question, but, so I talk to entrepreneurs and they talk about all this material crap and all this stuff. And, and, and then I just bring up those four things um, after they're done talking about how great their life is. And then they <laughs> talk about those four things and then they're real, <laughs> the real truth, <laughs> the real truth comes out. The real truth, the Bernie Madoff story is without, I mean, it's not that, but it's something like that. And um and then you, then the the subconscious or the unconscious is brought on to, out into the conscious, and that's what I've seen over and over. And those create powerful stories because they're relatable to anyone, but they're especially relatable to visionaries because all, vision. What a visionary is, they're the most damaged person, most damaged, the most damaged, not minimal damage, the most, with wow. the best coping skills, the highest IQ, highest EQ, oh, wow. most resilience. That a, a human can't go through what you've done and do what you're doing. They can't. Okay. But what you just said, I think is, is crucial use because right. I'm like, why do you think that is? And, and as such, but the, the backup with the highest coping skills, highest EQ, highest IQ. That's what it is. So even though you have the damage, your mindset, well, so even though I have the damage, my mindset is your EQ. Keep going. What's next? Why right. wouldn't you do that? But a human would stop. They'd make yeah. an, Oh, I'll give you a perfect example. So, you know, we have to go out into the human world, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Our son, <laughs> so our, our sons. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so our sons are uh, really good athletes. They're really um, exceptionally good athletes. And then our, our oldest 10 year old, he's on a travel baseball team. And uh, he's, he's a good player. He's a really good player. And uh, so everyone else on that, you know, the coaches and the parents, they're, the, the kids, they're humans. They're humans, which is fine. And then so he, this is a 10-year-old baseball, you know, travel team. And um, so a bad call goes their way. Bad call goes their way. And, and, and the humans blame the umpire, the elf, the umpire. My son's like, oh, the umpire made a terrible call. I go, I don't care. Right. Don't you ever blame the umpire. Don't, we, I, so I go to him loudly loudly i go weak people blame umpires strong people take accountability for their own action and don't let the umpire uh, get in their way so that's i mean that's the difference between a visionary and a, a human and i see i then see the humans whether they're the coaches or the parents or 
or the kids, they're complaining about the umpire or yelling at the umpire. And keep in mind, most of the time, the umpire is a teenager, maybe a young adult in this. So you're exactly. literally yelling at a, I mean, but that's what a human does. They don't accept responsibility, regardless of what happens. They don't have any accountability. I told you this on our call about how I used to think about writing a book when I was a, a, a high schooler. I had a friend who had ulcers. And I remember she'd come and be like, oh, I have ulcers. I'm like, yeah. we're freaking in high school. What do you got ulcers? <laughs> right? And yeah. so the idea for this book was build a bridge and get over it. And every page would be new chapter, you know, oh, my boyfriend broke up with me. You turn and the only thing it would say would build a bridge and get over it. Another problem. Next chapter is another problem. <laughs> you know, my kids are being rude. Build a bridge and get over it. Like whatever. And when you say that about like the human side of things that don't get it, that get swallowed up in the, all of the minutia and the crap instead of just going like, okay, move on. Like, why are we dwelling on this thing? Move on. Right. You're right. That is a weird thing to do. It's bizarre. Are, are there other personality? And I hate hmm. calling Colby a personality. What would you call person? No, no. Colby is the absolute. What do you call Great it? Great question. Great question. So I don't really care what someone's personality is. I, I want to know if they're going to do something. So Colby shows how your brain takes action, action. So I'm activator one and strength finder. So that segues into the, the other, other couple that I like are uh, Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P or Clifton strength finders. Almost everyone I talk to, there's 34 of them. Uh, almost everyone I talk to top five, they, they're, either top five in ideation and or futuristic. I'm guessing you're top five in at least one of those, if not both. So they're idea, 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 idea. I'm off in future, whatever. And then they have uh, at least one of the three as well, activator, maximizer, achiever. So they're off in wherever that world is, but they'll do something about it now. I'm 32 out of 34 in ideation, almost dead last. And then, but top top five are activator, maximizer, achiever, competition, responsibility. So I hear blah, 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 blah. And then activate, maximize, achieve, go, 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 go. Never stop going. Um, okay. So that's one. And oh, then like you said, almost dead last in ideation. Yeah. Ideation. Yeah. So 32 out of 34. Looking at something and being like, Oh, I want that. That's what you're talking about. What are you talking about when you talk about ideation? Uh, so high ideators are shiny object, shiny object, shiny yeah. object, shiny object, shiny object, shiny object, shiny object. Ooh, a squirrel. Ooh, a squirrel. Ooh. Yeah. And you're not that. No, I'm the opposite of that. So there are only two things I ask myself every single day that matter. Only two, because all this other stuff is just business owner stuff that uh, visionaries get confused with because they're trying to be business owners and and they're not, they're visionaries. Um, and then they start complaining about team members because they are talking about humans, which they should never be talking to anyway. Okay. So that's, uh, there are only two. One, did I have a good experience that day with my family? Every day, the answer to that is yes. And then two, did network grow on a global level? This is an example of that or one-on-one -on -one meetings or being in groups like Strategic Coach or Abundance 360, which I was just in uh, right before this call. So every day the answer to that is yes. I found all this business owner stuff just takes care of itself. Yeah. Who do you think, because I want to get to some more of the activating side of things, but yeah, when you look in the world and you deal with the, the world and the different types of mm. entrepreneurs, whether they are, so I used to have a 
my podcast before this was called the Propreneur, where I would take professional mm. entrepreneurs, right? People who doctors, attorneys, chiropractors mm. who become professionals, but then end up owning a business, not necessarily yeah. because they wanted to be entrepreneurs, but then realize, oh man, I'm an entrepreneur. Nobody taught me how to be an entrepreneur. Those are business owners. So how do you, that's what really my question comes down to. When you're in the world, who, how do you see different people as business owners versus yep. entrepreneurs? Yep. So again, blah, 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 simplify pattern. So business owner cares about revenue, office space, employee count, management, <laughs> uh, material things. They're trying to change their world there, there. True visionary, true entrepreneur cares about purpose, spending time with loved ones, collaboration, profit, investment. They're trying to change the world, the fundamental, fundamental difference. So I talk to entrepreneurs who happen to run a law firm, an entrepreneur who happens to be in fact, I don't talk to a doctor who became a business owner. No, and ran a small practice. That is a fundamental. I talked to an entrepreneur who happens, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. That is, I mean, and then the journalists who are journalists had no idea what I was talking about. And I had no idea what they were complaining about. That makes so much sense because the only people I like to work with, and right. I deal with primarily the medical profession, right, are entrepreneurs right. who happen to be doctors. I never thought about it that way because I, I right. oftentimes I'm trying to get them to be entrepreneurs. I'm They're trying not. to be like an entrepreneur. Why would you do Why that? Why don't you see it this way? Uh, that makes my life so much easier. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not. They're business owners. So most, and then most doctors, again, in Colby, uh, my wife's a doctor. She's a pediatrician who works at a small private practice. Oh, I don't know if I told you she's uh, phasing out of that. Uh, she's the new COO of um, of my second company. Um, oh. She just literally just announced that uh, this week. But and then her, she's an eight seven four two with incredible follow through. So she's a perfect integrator. It's it's amazing. And and uh, she's tired of being around humans, which is fascinating. So she wants she loves being around people like us. Um, so so when did. When you were going through the initial Colby understanding and growth, obviously you were married at the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So was this a discovery, something new to your wife as well? Like you're like, Hey honey, I think I figured us out. I oh, mean, had an uh, idea of what you were. Well, okay. <laughs> if you think the opposite of me, that would be my wife. Um, her number one strength finder is harmony. I am 31 out of 34 in Harmony. She's number two in Relator, but she is third in Achiever, which I'm also third in Achiever. But we also have the same IQ. We're both 139. Uh, Genius is 140 and above. That's less than 1% of the population. So we're like bridges. So she is constantly telling me, stop identifying people as numbers, but that's how I, <laughs> she sees the world in feelings and safety and security. <laughs> I don't, I don't at all, uh, but I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So again, simplifying the patterns, usually, but not always people like us marry stabilizing humans. Like yeah, for sure. not always, usually, uh, imagine marrying yourself. That would be a bad idea. I see it happen when people like us marry people like us. One of two things happens very rarely slash some of the time, greatest life imaginable traveling the world, whatever. Uh, okay. So that's definitely the smaller percentage more, most of the time, total disaster dumpster fire. Cause there's no. It's. Uh, I was on a Doug Brackman, Doctor Doug Brackman show. He wrote Driven, 
he's a, he's a, he, he, oh, he's a great, yeah, he's, he and I become very great friends very quickly. Cause he, he's like genuinely confused by my brain in a good way. And then, and he's like, it's like, it would be like Thelma and Louise. I'm like, oh, that's a good, I'm like, that's a pretty good, I started laughing, but that's what it is. Most of the time when someone like us marries someone like us, I mean, there's no. <laughs> okay. Now equate that to the workplace with your team members. Uh, oh, I, well, one, I don't talk to team members. Uh, I, so that is what, that is what, um, that's a fascinating thing that you just said. So here's what I hear. And again, I'm in two of the top entrepreneur groups in the, in, in the, on the plan. I'm very confident saying that the struggles, these are first world struggles, but the struggles I hear with some of these people is they, they're visionary entrepreneurs, but they're trying to be business owners. So uh, their complaints are like, oh, this team member, this team member. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't even be talking to this. There should be a bridge between that. So um, one of the chapters in, in Epic Life is find your Babs or have your Babs find you. Um, yes. Babs, yeah. Babs is the co-founder of Strategic Coach, uh, Dan Sullivan. I'm very confident saying that's one of the top, if not the, you know, top. Oh, for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, and so without Babs, there is no strategic coach. Dan's, you know, probably dead by now. I'm confident saying that. Um, she built the organization and um, I stay completely so that my partner, Mark Fujiwara, he's a 1596 Colby, full backstage, but a bigger visionary than I am. He's a nine quick start like you. And then my wife is who just joined the company. She's a pure integrator. So they, they have their meetings. I'd never, I never go to those meetings. I would never. And they do all the backstage stuff. My wife's like, we've got this. I'm like, great. I'm, I don't, you know, have fun. So have that, have that mediary, if you will, between you a bridge. and bridge. Well, you just wrote the book yeah. or you thought about it. <laughs> I don't know if you ever wrote it, but, but you just do the bridge, but that's yeah. what I hear is these visionaries are complaining about humans because they're not human at all. And they're complaining about people that will never understand them. And they drive them crazy because those humans are complaining about the umpire. The visioner's not doing that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's get into the epic life. Let's get into epic mm -hmm. life, epic, epic business. How did these two come about? You've obviously been a writer forever. You love the written word, I'm assuming, or you at least put up with it. <laughs> and I love the written word. Very good. <laughs> uh, so tell me how these books came about. Sure. So again, 32 out of 34 in ideation. And then most of my day is talking to top ideators. But if there's a great idea, I'll know it right away. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I'll activate, maximize, achieve doing that. Okay. So in 2019, uh, for first company's 30 month anniversary, I posted 30 things that I had learned from top entrepreneurs on planet, uh, in first 30 months. And everyone's like, write a book on that. I go, okay, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And then I wrote it in 43 days. And then, um, Chris Voss, who wrote never split the difference did the forward. I'm very grateful for that. And so that one's how to build a global company with zero business background. Um, that only partners with visionaries. So that's, I think people like us want that. Okay. So that's a good idea. I'll write about that. And then the second one, <clears throat> very grateful uh, that Dr. Peter Diamandis is one of the top entrepreneurs in the world, did the forward. Very grateful. It's been Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller and all that fun stuff. Uh, since Epic Business came out, just talking to cooler and cooler visionaries. And I talked to one to two, uh, one to two 
visionaries every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from having a family or anything meaningful. So Epic Life's about how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first, which I know people like us want. They just don't know how to do it many times because they they're so damaged and those coping skills are used to create big company and all that stuff. And then they torch their family many times or never have a family in the process. Well, at what, then that brings me to the question, if you don't mind sharing, at what point did you recognize that that was causing, or was it ever causing challenges in your relationship? No, no. So So that's a great question. Great question. Okay. So um, again, great idea, activate, maximize, achieve doing that. More often, I talk to a visionary, horrible idea. I've torched my family. I'm going through third divorce. That's a bad idea. I'm going to activate, maximize, achieve, not doing that. And then the formula for creating a successful global company is simple, is you see a problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. So all the book is, is a successful global company. Here's the problem. People like us destroy their family or never have a family. Create solution, book, problem solved, successful global company. I mean, that's really... That's okay, so you're is. more like me then, because I've always been fascinated by people who do that. I I've never come close to destroying my family. Like my wife and I. You're and, the exception. And and so, but it sounds like you were too. Hundred percent. Was that because of the ability to just look at something and be like, all right, moving on. Like I'm not gonna dwell. I'm not gonna dwell in the pain of this fight or whatever it is. I mean, what it what is that? How did you and I escape that? How did, when you and I, it's a good word, so many people who are on third, fourth marriage, who are amazing. My first business was called the business of marriage because I was (laughs) how can you be so good at business and suck in your relationship? Still the same problem. Okay. So when you're a journalist or an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist, you don't get into that for revenue, employee count, office space. I don't even understand. I still don't know what an S-corp is because I'm actively trying not. It's a bad idea to learn that. So I'm going to activate not doing that. But um, it's hilarious. I mean, who cares? Um, People bring up revenue. I'm like, who cares? I don't. Okay. Employee count. Oh, congratulations. Uh, You're dealing with more people that will annoy you or, and then they complain about the, I, hear the same thing. But so being an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist, it was a great blank slate of not caring about any of that stuff. If you're, if you go into journalism for the most part, you don't care about money. You're caring about purpose and, you know, doing the right thing and honor and connecting people. So that's one. Two, my dad died when I was 13. So I know what it's like not to have a dad around. Um, uh, And my, our sons are eight and 10. Um, experience when you were younger. Yep. Okay. And then three, I married the, the harmony one. I mean, I married someone who's harmony one, who's a pediatrician who's, and our first date was the day before she started medical school. So uh, I have all these, you know, it, it's just, but then the other thing is, it's just logic. Why would you destroy your family for this? It's, it's illogical. Um, and I think being a high fact finder with high follow through in Colby, I understand logic and science and like why would you destroy your family for this like it doesn't really matter and and that's why i only asked the, those two questions that matter did i have good experience that day with my family did network grow on a global level and again i found all this other stuff takes care of itself by being fundamental with those two questions yeah because at the end of the day those really are two things that matter like at the end of the day correct that's the answer that yeah. and to me that's the only there are no other answers the, um um 
it was a fascinating thing. And this, this is how I learn in real time is being on shows like this, that it's a great value for me because I talk to ideators and they, they provide all the great ideas more often than not terrible ideas, but then I don't do them. But one of the hosts, uh, Brandon Fong, great guy. He's an eight quick start visioner. And uh, he's like, Oh, you're, you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent black and white thinking, right? I go, yes, yes, I am. He goes, well, your black and white thinking allows endless color in your life. I'm like, Oh, Thanks. That's good. I'll oh. write a chapter on that in my third book. But that's that's really what it is. There's only one for me. There's only one answer. Every now and then it will get tweaked because there's an anomaly or, or it'll get it'll get, you know, improved a little bit. But really, there's only one answer. And then my wife's 100 percent gray. Like you have to say thank you to people. You can't treat people like that. And, and then pick up your children. So I'm I'm grateful for that, though. Endlessly grateful for that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I was on a podcast yesterday where I said this. I haven't said it in a long time, but we were talking about this idea that at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Like it doesn't matter. Doesn't the balance matter. sheet doesn't matter. What matters is we will all be in a position, hopefully, of our not choosing, but because of just the natural progression of life where we're mm-hmm. laying in bed and we're about to die. And the only thing we will care about is that pair of eyes that's looking at us that we get to look into their pair of eyes. Great. Too. Tremendous. Tremendous. Okay. All I want to so, see is my wife's green eyes. That's it. Perfect. Great. Um, um, a couple, th- there's one thing from that, that I think will be profound one. Cause I know it's profound. So I, I know it's profound. So the greatest value of entrepreneur life by far is that children get to see this world exist and then, and then they can do whatever they want with it. I mean, that's, it's up to them, but most people don't know this world exists because they're, or most people like us don't know it because they're aliens and they have no idea what, you know, why don't people understand you? So, so I was talking <clears throat> to my eight-year-old, his name is Chase. Uh, he's my brain with my wife's empathy, uh, scientific oh. harmony, whatever the hell that, but the, the okay. So, um, uh, very wise. So he and I were talking about IQ and bending time. So most humans don't talk to their children about that. So, so, okay. So eight-year-old, eight-year-old. So I'm paraphrasing Chase, but so he provided the single greatest definition of what life actually is, uh, that I've ever heard. And all I do is talk to geniuses like us. So, okay. So Chase gets the credit here. He considers life one long, great day. We, again, we were talking about bending time. So there's no Friday or quarters, oh, quarters. That's so annoying to me. Um, years. There's none, none of that. Um, so yesterday's before you were born and tomorrow's after you die. So Chase, cause he's a simplifier like us. He said, there are only two ways to have a great day. Only two less is more. So one, create more living things. The fundamental purpose of any living thing is to create more living things. Now that can be an actual human life, or it can be like something like strategic coach or abundance 360 or that that's a living, that's a living organism because it has living things in it. So that's one. And then two, do what you like to do and what you're good at every day and, and get better at it or every, whatever it is. So I'm like, okay, that's the best. That's the best definition of life that I've ever heard. Wow. We're all just one long day. That's one long, great day. One long, great day. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, but that's logical. It, yeah, it was, totally. it was, it, time has been humanized by humans. 
that yeah. needed to keep humans in line. And that's fine. I to- I am very appreciative of, you know, hey, it's 1140 a.m. Central time on a Friday. That's that's great. It would be interesting if there was no time. But I mean, when you think about it, there's no time is just made up. It's just made up. So what he, what he said was fundamentally correct and uh, very profound and and accurate. Create living things and do what you like to do as much as you like to do and get better at it. My favorite quote, besides uh, my, from my eight-year-old, is from Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale was like the OG of motivational speakers. Sure. Oh, well, yeah, people like you know him, but most don't. Yeah, no. right. Yeah. right, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be a human here and relate. <laughs> okay, so, uh, right, I know you know. Okay, so my favorite quote of his is, Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. My worthy ideal is purpose of life, zone of genius, unique ability, however you want to. And that's to be connecting superhero for every visionary, not human, not business, just visionary who shares their stories with the world, the, not their, their world people bore me, they annoy me. So progressive realization of worthy ideal is uh, constantly getting better at purpose of my life every day and or every whatever and uh, creating living things, which is my family and then both companies, they're living things or books, which is, the book is definitely a living thing. And that's it really all this other stuff is just stuff. And uh, so I'd like to thank Chase, my son, and then Earl Nightingale for the that. And then, of course, Dan Sullivan and Peter Di- Dr. Peter Diamandis and all the visionaries. Uh, that I talk to because they're the ones that help me just get better and better and better and better at uh, worthy ideal. And is that where, when you talk about the premise of the first book being around that many, like obviously it must've been a shift from the literary world to the entrepreneur world. Mm -hmm. Is that where you feel like you started to kind of see the most, I don't know if it's called opportunity or connection with other aliens, as you you know, you, you mentioned tremendous. So like, there was a, a fundamental one, shift, but not in the way you're and thinking. on a new planet. Yeah. So yes, but it was a different type of fundamental shift than what you're thinking of. And this okay. is a great question. So when I was a journalist, I would talk to people like this, like us, and then would write about them for the publication. Now. And since being an entrepreneur, it's writing about them for them and for companies um, and other entrepreneurs. So that's the fundamental shift. The purpose of life has never changed. Always been connecting superhero for every visionary who shares their stories with the world. I've, I've always done that. Um, actually, my dad kind of, he did that as well um, through that diary. I don't think he knew he was doing, well, maybe he did know he was doing that when he was writing it, but, but um um, uh, but now the, the way it's done is different. It's through being an entrepreneur, um, and then serving, serving visionaries. It's serving them for them and other entrepreneurs. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I wonder how this is just a thought of myself when you're talking about your books. Yeah. Sometimes I feel the biggest challenge of writing is making sure people hear my voice through my words because they can't actually hear my voice, right? They don't get to hear my thoughts, my that. tone, and all that stuff. I never think about that. When, well, that kind of goes to my question then is, your brain thinks 
as an alien, a little differently than your average common reader that sees a book called Epic Life and goes, oh, I want to pick that I'm up. I'm a bridge between uh, geniuses and humans. My IQ is literally a bridge. So I can, and then I talk to, all I do is talk to visionaries and they're blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, here's your 500 word story that a human can understand. And then I always talk to folks. I just talk to folks like us and they're blah, 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 blah. I go, okay, thank you for explaining that. Uh, uh, no one, a human's not going to understand that. Explain it to me as a third grader in 15 uh, seconds. Yeah. I always say eight-year-old. So when, right. you, when you wrote then, did you feel it was easy to do that for yourself? Because yes. sometimes, you know, it's harder to do things when you're standing in the dark. No, no, no. Easy for you. No, 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 no. So I'm not an overthinker. I'm an activator. Overthinkers get themselves into trouble by overthinking. I'm sure. an act- no, no, no. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Bad idea. I'm activate, maximize, chief. Not doing that. Yeah. So the first book was written in 43 days. The second was in 16. Done. Like done. Why would you? I started doing media for both, but well, maybe not the first one. But I started doing media for the second book before it was even written. Yeah. As soon wow. as I knew Peter Diamandis was doing the fourth, I started doing media, and that was so. That was February of 2022. Came on August. I still do five plus interviews a week, which I'm grateful for. Very grateful for these opportunities. Now, what happens is. Again, I this is how you actually learn something is you do it and you learn some media. What I've learned is media wants to interview me first. And then many times they want to interview PR partners because it's only people like us. I don't, they're no business owners. It's all pure visionaries. And then that created, and then shows like these are transformational platforms for entrepreneurs. That's what they actually are. Wow. Dude, I love talking to you. It's so much fun. And you're right, like two aliens talking to each other. Um, I right. end the show with four questions based around your role of who you are, R-O-L-E. What do you think is your highest and greatest responsibility on this earth? My family. What do you want as the ultimate outcome for your life? Be a good dad. What do you consider true leadership to be? Uh, I'm a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur. And what experience do you hope to have before now and dead? I want to be at my grandchildren's weddings in a functional capacity. Ooh, wow. That is great. Wow. Well, Justin, every time we talk, I'm fascinated. One of my favorite things about our last call and of course, nobody else was on the call as I told my wife, was your reaction to my kids not wanting to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> that stuck out to me so much. I'm like, thank you for reacting the way that I feel. Almost disgusted. <laughs> it was. And, and my wife corrected me because my daughter's, you know, it's a different type of entrepreneur than it is than when we, I guess, were coming up. She's an influencer. She makes her own money. She has her own business. Entrepreneur. Yeah. So she's an entrepreneur. Uh, my son sees the benefit of that and, and I don't know, we'll see, we'll see, but I want to thank you for taking your time to be with us and to share with us on our, on our show here, because uh, you're wise. I love talking to you. I love feeling validated as we're talking, going, yes, yes, yes. I don't I hope people are like me in their cars or on the treadmill, wherever they're shaking their head or, or nodding their head, like, yep, 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 yep. And uh, I hope that you continue to have just one great day. Ooh, good simplification. Thank you. I appreciate that. Everybody, thank you for joining us on the Own Your Role podcast. Uh, please make sure you subscribe. 
and let your colleagues and friends know about the show so we can share it with more people. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Own Your Role podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're alerted for every new episode we release. And don't forget to write us a review and let us know how we're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social medias. Just search at Dino Watt. And if you'd like me to come and help your team or audience learn to own their role in person, make sure you go to DinoWatt.com for more details. I'll see you on the next episode.